your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Joe DiBiase from Locked On Sabres. Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. How many episodes we have left before we're going to have real hockey to talk about? Like regular season hockey. Like a couple weeks? Oh, like maybe three or four, three or four I want to yeah. say. And maybe only one or two until we've got preseason hockey that's going to be coming. I kind of like preseason hockey because it's a lot of prospects, a lot of young people, a lot of young guys. My team's been rebuilding for 10 years, though, so I guess that's maybe why uh, <laughs> I've been I've been in on that. Um, so we got a fun show planned for you today, though. We're done with our top 50 list, so no more player rankings. If you want to check that out, check out our previous episodes on the Odyssey app or on our YouTube channel or wherever you may be listening to this podcast. Um, but today we're going to be looking at a couple of news items. We've got the broadcast schedules, the national TV schedules for the NHL throughout the 2021-2022 season. Uh, we've got an outdoor game that was announced today. Um, and we've got a broadcast team over at TNT that's also been announced to talk about. And then Bet Online, our partner at betonline.ag, has over-under point totals for each team in the NHL. So today, me and Rachel are going to pick over-unders for the Western Conference. And then on Tuesday, me and Mike DiStefano uh, we'll go through the Eastern Conference. But today we're going to be looking at the West. So that's all on the way. Um, but let's start things off with some TV stuff. Maybe you want to start with the the broadcast team. Did you get a look at the t- the good look at the the TNT game and studio commentator teams? Yeah, you know, I have to say I'm kind of disappointed from TNT. I felt like if any network was going to like step outside the usual names, it would be them. And, you know, they did a little bit. I like the addition of Jennifer Botterill. I love Jackie Redman. I love Tariq Al-Bashir. I'm glad there were contributors, but they're kind of like the fringe contributors here. And everybody else is just like same old, same old. Well, I guess Paul Bissonnette is a, a bit outside the box, but he's a known entity in hockey land. So I don't know. I'm just like, do I want to see Darren Pang and Keith Jones and Kenny and Eddie? And sure. They're like, they're not bad. It's just the same. And I kind of wanted them to mix things up a little more. I completely echo that. I think part of the reason I got so uh, frustrated with the NBC telecast over the years is it got so stale. It was the same guys over and over and over. It was the same studio. It was the same process they would go through each period, the same questions. It all sounded like the same show over and over. And part of that was, again, the cast and crew never changed. And they never really gave you anything new and, and exciting to talk about. Like Keith Jones, especially, and and even Liam McHugh. Like, they, yeah, you're just bringing over the NBC guys. Like, I thought you did want to do it differently. Like, yeah, you got Wayne Gretzky. Like, great. But does Wayne Gretzky really going to say anything all that interesting? I think you just want to put him out there because he's Wayne Gretzky. Um, Right. But Paul Bissonnette, I mean, I think the one thing that he might give you, and actually I'll give Jennifer Jennifer Bottrell credit too, because watching her over the years, I feel like she's willing to do this as well. Darren Pang maybe a little bit too. So even though he's a familiar face, those three I would look at and be like, don't be afraid to be critical. That's always been my problem with NBC over the years is, 
They never want to criticize anybody. They never want to say a team is bad. They never want to say that a player is bad. It's everything's great all the time. Everyone's good. And to me, like hockey broadcasts and hockey media sometimes falls behind some of the other sports like basketball and football in those areas because I, I want the critique. I want you to tell me why something isn't working with a certain team. I want you to tell me why they're not entering the zone properly. And instead you just get, well, they're going to try harder in the third period and the coach is going to be telling them this in the locker room. And I think that's what I'm getting from Keith Jones and, and Eddie Olchek and, and Liam McHugh, you know? Yeah. And, you know, especially with some controversial subjects swirling around the NHL right now, especially the Chicago Blackhawks, are we going to get any commentary of significance on that from say Eddie Olchek? I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it highly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the, uh, the TNT broadcast crew analysts, Wayne Gretzky, Anson Carter, Rick Tockett, Paul Bissonette, host Liam McHugh, play-by-play Kenny Albert, Brendan Burke. I'm not familiar with Burke, but I do like, I liked Kenny Albert when he was at uh, NBC uh, analysts, Eddie Olchek and Darren Pang ice level, Keith Jones. I think that means like the Pierre Maguire role like between the benches for Keith, which that's sensibly. Yes. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he sounds different in a different environment, but we'll see. And then uh, the contributors you mentioned, Jennifer Bottrell, Tariq Al-Bashir and Jackie Redmond. All right. So that's the TNT broadcast crew. The schedules came out as well for both ESPN and Turner broadcasting for TNT games. TNT is getting the, the outdoor games. Um, Wednesday night hockey is going to be on TNT. Uh, I, you, you told me before we got going here, you have a spreadsheet. So I feel like you're more familiar with this, this <laughs> schedule than I am. Well, I have a spreadsheet of the Flyers national right. games. And so there are 11 of them between ESPN and Turner, which is slightly fewer than usual, which I actually kind of like. I think the Flyers were oversaturated on national TV games. So one thing that I think that the Turner schedule does is a little bit more variety than you would normally see. And especially for an American audience, there are a lot more games with Canadian teams. Yes. Which I think is super important, especially because you have, like, as our countdown showed, the league's number one player in Canada, barely on American TV when NBC had those games. So I'm really happy to see some of that. I, the variety didn't stretch to everyone, uh, at least the Sharks and the Panthers, uh, from what I've read so far, are not included in Turner's lineup, but still more variety than usual. So I'll take it. Yeah, to me, especially with the Canadian teams, because you have you have McDavid up there, you have Matthews in Toronto, and I think NBC a lot of times looked small picture with that. They were looking for how do we maximize ratings each given game, and you don't get the credit for the Toronto market. You don't get the credit for the Edmonton viewers. You only get the credit for what you're 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 attracting in the United States. Um, and to me, I would have liked them to take a more a more macro approach, more big picture look at, all right, well, maybe just let's make the sport as popular as possible. Let's, you know, let's take after basketball, for instance, who puts small market teams on TV all the time, like Oklahoma City, because people just kind of show up to watch the star players. They don't really care where where the team is playing because after, other than the abbreviation and the, 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 the shots you get of outside the arena, uh, 
you don't you don't really notice as a as a consumer where it's playing. It's an arena every time. So like McDavid especially, like he he's on six times this year on NBC. That's more than NBC ever put him on or on TNT. Excuse me, he's going to be on six times, and that's more than he was ever on on NBC. So him especially because like. I use my dad as an example for this all the time. My dad is a huge hockey fan. He's a hardcore hockey fan, but he's not, he's not buying the NHL TV package and he's not staying up till one o'clock in the morning to watch these games. And he's kind of missed out on Connor McDavid because he only gets to really see him when they play the Sabres or when they're out East playing someone out here and they're on national TV. And I think there's a large portion of fans like my dad, for example, that just, they don't watch Connor McDavid play hockey. And that's a shame because I think he's the most entertaining player to watch in the world. I don't even think it's that close. Maybe it's close. Nathan McKinnon's great. Crosby's great, but it's a little bit of an exaggeration there. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned the Panthers and the Sharks were the two teams that aren't on. At least ones that I've seen people mention so far in my sh- investigations. But, yeah, you know, I think, you know, they are on some of the ESPN ESPN schedule. Plus, I think on Hulu too, I saw maybe they're on like the streaming service packages. Um, yeah. I saw everybody on those. And um, I think they have a really good combination. There's some games that are on ABC, some that are on ESPN, and then some that will be exclusively on the ESPN Plus slash Hulu streaming package. Hmm. But the, all the ABC games will be simulcast on ESPN Plus if you have that streaming service. So I think the ESPN slate is pretty available if you have the hulu package yes yeah um by the way i mentioned the oilers have six appearances that might not sound like a lot but to put that in context that's more than the avalanche the blues the bruins the capitals the kraken the lightning the penguins the rangers and the wild they all have five so i think edmonton might lead the nhl in appearances on uh that's on is that on tnt hold on one second let me correct that um that's tnt tnt they'll be on six times that does not include the espn nationally nationally televised games um and then the other news on that was on the broadcast schedule i think part of the reason this was announced today even though i know here in buffalo we've been hearing about it for a couple weeks um that it could take place the heritage classic was announced that's going to take place at tim hortons field in hamilton ontario uh the cfl stadium for the hamilton tiger cats Good for those fans. I know I have friends or I know people that live up in Hamilton that are huge hockey fans. And I, I remember back to 10 years ago, whenever that was when Hamilton was about to get an NHL team, like they had an owner that wanted to move the coyotes to Hamilton. And basically I think the story is that the Sabres, but more so the Maple Leafs shot it down because they did not want an NHL market, an NHL franchise kind of taking away part of their customer base because that Hamilton area, there's a lot of Sabre fans and there's even more Maple Leaf fans there as well. So cool that they're getting an NHL game uh, in some form uh, as in an outdoor fashion. Um, It's a super nice stadium too. It's not that big. It's like 30,000, I think, but I've been there. It opened like five years ago. It, It really reminds you of like a really nice college football stadium. 
But that came out today as well. So it's going to be Sabres and Maple Leafs on March 13th at 3 o'clock, the NHL Heritage Classic. Sabres will be the first U.S.-based team uh, to ever take part in that. It's usually the the Canadian teams back and forth. And then if you forgot, Winter Classic is going to be uh, in Target Field, home of the Minnesota Twins. It's going to be the Wild and the St. Louis Blues. That's on uh, New Year's Day, January 1st. Um, I think that game actually might end up being colder than the Heritage Classic. Um, yeah, I think that, well, January 1st versus, I mean, March, you might, you might have trouble keeping the, the ice frozen in late March. I mean, it's usually pretty mild up here, but that's not late March. It's March 13th, but still, those are usually some rainy days. So I would also agree with you. It's probably gonna be pretty cold on January 1st in Minnesota. All right, let's, uh, let's take a minute here before we get to our bet online, uh, over unders bets. Uh, for the 2021-2022 season. I'm actually going to tell you about Bet Online. So this will be a perfect transition. Number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. New updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. From football, basketball, boxing, they got your favorite casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of the amazing offers they have. Like, if you head to the website right now, Use your mobile device to sign up today. You receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget, but though, use the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the other good stuff. I want to tell you about a much simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. The best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. The Lockdown NHL podcast continues. Joe DiBiase at Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter. Rachel Donner at R Miriam, M-I-R-I-A-M. If you want to follow us on social media, uh, let's jump into some over-under bets. I love hockey betting. Uh, and here we go. The season's coming up. So you've got over-under bets that are available at betonline.ag for our viewers on YouTube. Uh, you can watch, you can, we got them up here so you can kind of see all the teams, even as we go through them. Um, let's start with the central division. We're doing the Western conference today and we'll begin with the Colorado avalanche. If we do this alphabetically, they are plus, they are over under 110 and a half points. That is an enormous number. I believe it's the highest number of any team in the league. When I look through this earlier, uh, yeah, you got Tampa at 107 and a half there, 106 and a half for Vegas. So yeah, Colorado, 110 and a half. Before we pick these, does that seem fair to you that they would have the highest point total? Yeah, I think because of their lineup, they tend to get overinflated in terms of people's predictions preseason. It happened last year too. And, you know, they delivered to some degree, but not to the extent that people predicted. Right. 
Uh, so on the over on under one ten and a half. Uh, if if I made you bet it, where would you where would your money be? God, I almost wa- I want to go under here just because that just seems so ridiculously high overall for any team. If you're thinking like maybe a ninety to ninety three points to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. like that's so far and above, and they're gonna have some downtime. Right. I, I think I might go under. I don't think they'll be far under, but I think they'll be under that. I would go under as well. I kind of like their division. I, I think the wild are pretty good. Uh, I think they could even take a further step last year to this year. If Kaprizov can kind of take his game to another level, Joel Erickson X on a new extension. Um, I, I like the wild. I don't think they're better than the avalanche, but I, I think they're tough competition. The blues, the stars last year were banged up the whole season. If they stay healthy, I mean, they were in the finals a couple of years ago. I don't think it's crazy to think that they could compete in that division as well. Winnipeg, they still haven't fixed their blue line. Like, I kind of want to believe in them because I think Mark Scheifele is a great player. And I think Connor Hellebuck's on arguably the best goalie in the world. But that blue line is still it's in pretty rough shape. Um, the Coyotes are going to be horrible. I think they're the one team you you know for sure are going to be bad. And then Nashville and Chicago, which we'll get to, we'll all get to all those teams just a second here. I think on the overall, I like their division. So I would go under as well uh, on the Colorado Avalanche. And we'll next go to the Chicago Blackhawks, who are actually right here next to them on betonline.ag. Their over-under point total is 91 and a half, which, like Rachel, if that's the expectation for them, that's below the playoffs. So if you're taking under, you're basically guaranteeing that they're going to miss. Yeah, I think this is going to be very interesting between the two Western Conference divisions in terms of who gets those extra spots in the playoffs. And the Blackhawks, I think, are going to be a big part of that discussion. So I think for me, this is actually probably pretty close mm-hmm. to where they'll, they'll end up. And it's a, I think this is one of the harder bets to make that we're going to talk about. And I'm going to go over on over. it. But I, I'm, it's not going to be by much. I, I like the line, too. I think I had an easier time deciding on the Colorado one. Um, I would go under on Chicago just because I think they are going to ride and die with Marc-Andre Fleury. And he's had injury problems in the past couple of years. He's been very inconsistent. Now, part of that inconsistency is he's either looking like a backup in the NHL or he literally was the best goalie in hockey last year winning the Vesna trophy. And if that version of Marc-Andre Fleury shows up, then Chicago is going to go way over that 91 and a half point total. But Fleury, he's just so up and down. He's, he's up, he's up there in age. And I don't like the rest of the roster enough to, to kind of lift them up if he is playing uh, a little bit below average. So I'm going to go under on Chicago. And a lot of it is because I just don't trust Marc-Andre Fleury to, to repeat what he did last season. Um, all right. So Chicago's at 91 and a half. Next up on our list, if we try to stick doing this alphabetically, would be the Dallas Stars. Their over-under point total is 95 and a half, higher than Chicago's by four, lower, obviously, than Colorado's by 15. They missed the playoffs last season. They were in the finals the year before that. Not a lot of major changes on their roster, kind of some tinkering that went around it. I think really their hope would just be that they're healthier this year, right? Yeah, and I think that's the key for Dallas is if they perform at, at expectation or above and stay healthy, I, I take the over here on them because I think they're going to probably end up in the two slot mm-hmm. in the division 
like Winnipeg and Dallas are going to be the two teams fighting for that two slot. And so I think they're going to get over 95 points. We'll see if Ben Bishop is can get back to health at all this year. But I, is his career like over at this point? I have not kept track of that. Um, I don't know. They have Anton Kadobin anyway. So, I mean, it's our, he might not even start if he did get back healthy. But, I mean, he's a huge question mark for them this season. He's still under contract. They just got Miro Heiskin in that brand new contract. I, I think I would go... I would go over on them. I think I agree with you that they are the two seed for me in that division. They are, they're aging though. Like they better do it this year. They better start winning because Joel Pavelski doesn't have much time left for you. Alex Radulov is older than a lot of people think. Cause he had all those years in the KHL, Jamie Ben, same thing. Um, like th- their window to win, right. They signed Ryan Suter to a three-year deal. That was really their biggest addition. I should have mentioned, um, He's a th- on a three-year deal. That was a funny contract. So I, I, I like Dallas, though, overall, even though they're a little bit old for my liking in terms of the roster build. I think right away they've got a very competitive team. I'm just thinking the Dallas Stars and the Washington Capitals are in a very similar situation right That's, now. It's a great comparison. Yeah. And I think kind of the same thing. Like, the next year or two, you better win because that might go south quick. Washington more so maybe because their guys are under contract forever. Uh, Dallas, at least in a couple years, they can get out of some of those deals if they want. Um, yeah, Washington's a good comparison there. All right, so there's Dallas. We both had the over on Dallas. I think are we in full agreement so far? We both had the under on the Avalanche. No, we we disagreed. We on split Chicago. on Chicago. Yeah, right, that's right. Um, all right, next up. Oh, you know what? I'm, I was doing this alphabetically and I skipped the team that was right at the top. So let's go back and do them real quick. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes over under 67 and a half is their line. That is the second lowest total in the league. In fact, it did open as the lowest total in the league. When they came out with these numbers about a week ago, Arizona was lower than Buffalo. Buffalo was at 69 and a half, Arizona 67 and a half, but the betters pushed down the saver line to 65. Um, so as it stands today, the Coyotes are second from the bottom. That is a very low number. I, I think I'd still want to pick the under though. I, I think, I, I think so too. I mean, they barely have a roster right now. Yeah, their goalie, they're going into the year with Carter Hutton. I watched enough Carter Hutton last year to tell you, I didn't think he was worthy of being the Sabres backup goalie. And correct me if I'm wrong, he's their starter going into the year. As of now, yeah. That's tough. Um, They've still got Phil Kessel, I guess. But did you see the rumor, the report the other day he could dunk? You believe that? I don't don't believe that Phil Kessel. I believe it. He's 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 very athletic. athletic. I know. Like, he... He, it's gonna. I hope he breaks the uh, the Ironman record. I think he needs. Oh, I wish I had the number off the top of my head. A hun- it's like a hundred and some games. It's like a season and a half worth, maybe. If he plays in a row, then he breaks the NHL Ironman record. Um, that will like, be held by Keith Yandel at that point. Oh right, Yandel was in it too. He's got forty three games, so okay. he'll do it if the as long as the Flyers play him. Okay, he'll, right. He'll so- break it this year. So Kessel might not get it in a year and a half because Yandel's is going to keep pushing it forward if he if he gets it. Um, yeah. That's right. Um, okay, so yeah, like under on them, I just there's not a lot there center wise. They might be the worst in hockey. Nick Schmaltz is their number one center going into the year. Barrett Hayden. Oh Lord, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a tough one. All right, so we both have the under on Arizona. Uh, who else do we have here? We have St. Louis. Let's go down to St. Louis. The Blues are ninety four and a half. So that's between Chicago and Dallas. What do you got, St. Louis? I'm going to take the under here. 
I just don't see them being consistent enough to get that many points. They might be trading Vladimir Tarasenko. Maybe they get back something that helps them for this year. I don't think he plays for them this year. It sounds like that bridge might be burned. Um, yeah, they they had a they really they kind of messed it up. They let Alex Petrangelo walk. They screwed around with his contract. They thought they could get it done that off season, and then when it became clear that that wasn't going to happen. They paid Tory Krug, and Krug was good in Boston, but he's not Alex Petrangelo, and they asked him to be. No. They put him on that number one defense role, and he did not play well last season. Um, Justin Falk adds to that, too. Marco Scandella, like, they paid they paid these new defensemen to come in and kind of remake the blue line. I don't think they had to remake the blue line, and I think that was part of their downfall last year, and I don't see – that's not changing, so I think I, I'm, on, I'm under on them as well. Jordan Binnington, too, like, was was – was this new to me? Was I just late to the party that he's like a psychopath? Because last year he's trying to <laughs> he fight is. everybody. He's throwing a stick. Like I, he's he's a crazy person out there, apparently too. Bennington, he's fine. He's good. He might even make Team Canada. I was seeing a roster projection the other day, but um, I would agree with you that I would be under on the Blues at ninety four and a half. Uh, what else? We got Winnipeg and Nashville still to go, and Minnesota. So let's scroll up. Let's go to Minnesota. The Wild are 97 and a half. So I'm imagining that's the second highest total in this division. And I know you said Dallas you thought was number two. So I think you'd probably disagree with their number being that high. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know because we don't know about Kaprizov yet. But this seems, again, assuming he's there, like a pretty accurate number for Minnesota. And so I think that I'm going to take the over- but I, again, this is probably dead on. Yeah, I, it's a good number. Uh, that deal is trending towards being done. It sounds like with Kaprizov. I'm actually, even though I I like Minnesota and I would have them squeaking into a playoff spot. No, you know what? It's 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 tough for me because that's a good number. Like that's right where I'd have them. I I'll change. I'll go over. I was originally going to have them under, but I think their goaltending is better than than the pedigree of the two players. Like Cam Talbot is maybe viewed as like a number two in the league at this point in his career, but he was really good for them last year. And Kapo Kakinen is interesting and young. He was good at times last year, um, but he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be their number one yet. If he develops into it, good, but they've got Talbot there and they've still got a good blue line. They've got talent there that my only hold up with them is still center, which is really, it's always been. Eric Sinek, Victor Rask, Ryan Hartman is one, two, three down the middle for them. Um, that's not impressing me all that much, but I really, I kind of, I like them everywhere else. So I think that's enough for me to push them above uh, that 97 and a half. By the way, one young player that they're going to be getting this season is Matthew Boldy, who's been playing college hockey the past couple of years. Oh, he's so good. I love watching yeah. him. Yeah, I think he's going to really help them out as well. Again, on the wing, they could use a centerman, but maybe they try him at center. I don't know. Uh, so Minnesota, we both have the over at 97 and a half. The Nashville Predators, the second lowest total we've seen yet for them is 84 and a half. They've just kind of fallen off the map since they made the finals a couple years ago. Yeah, I feel like this team is on the verge of collapse in some ways. Like they're just holding on to whatever level of elite play. And, you know, they're out of the Pecorine era and... They sold off one of their defensemen to the Flyers, and it's not as strong a defensive core as has been their tradition. I mean, it's still strong, mm. but 
you know, with Roman Yossi, but he's getting older and I'm taking the under here. I think this is the year that they take a dive. I, I I think Ellis was not the guy to get rid of, by the way. I think he, I thought he was their second best defenseman. Um, I think they're trying to keep Matias Ekholm. And yeah, I I would, I agree with you there. I would have just kept Ellis. So I didn't like that move for them. I love Yossi. I'll, I'll go over on them for two reasons, and, but mo- I mostly agree with you. I think they have a lot of highly paid players that don't help them. Like Matt Duchesne did nothing for them since they signed into that contract, eight million a year uh, for the next four, for the next five years. Ryan Johansson has kind of fallen off. At he's still only twenty nine, but it's happened. Uh, eight million for the next four years. Um, Mikel Granlund, 5 million in the next four years. Hasn't really, I think he has not returned to the level of play he had in Minnesota. Um, but I love Roman Yossi quarterbacking their defense, quarterbacking their power play and playing like almost 30 minutes a night. And I really like UC Saros. I think he's a top 10 goalie in the league. His statistics are there for that. His production is there for that. Um, I think, part of the reason he doesn't maybe get that that type of credit is it took him a little bit to turn into this player, or at least it took him a little bit to get an opportunity to be this player because Pecorine was there with him. And this year, I think he's going to get that big opportunity to be the number one with Rene retired. David Riddich right now is under contract as the backup. They also have one of the best goalie prospects in the world in Askarov that's coming over from Russia, but it sounds like he's going to be playing in the AHL to start the year. So it's Saros' net. And I think he's dynamite. So I wouldn't go too much more than 84 and a half. I would not pick them to be in the playoffs, really even to be in much of a playoff race. Um, but I would put them somewhere between 85 and 90 points. And a lot of it has to do um, with the fact that I really trust their goaltender. It's the Winnipeg Jets. Who do we have them at? 92 and a half. Above Chicago, below Dallas, uh, below a couple of the other teams that we've done. Winnipeg at 92 and a half. I criticized their blue line earlier. That's how I view them. I, I think they're a good forward group, a good, a great goaltender, but I just don't trust their defenseman. No, I think that's a, an absolutely fair point there. And, and I'll have to agree with you. So would you go over or under the 92 and a half? Oof. Again, I feel like this is maybe a good number here. Bet online did I think Bet online really but good they did really good. I know. Yeah. I, I want to know what their magic sauce is to, mm-hmm. to be able to get these numbers, but I'm I'm gonna say over. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over too. Goal goaltending. I'm gonna give the edge to goaltending again um with Connor Hellebuck. And I still want to believe they're going to make a move somewhere on the blue line and that, that isn't Nate Schmidt that they got from Vancouver who's not been the same since he left, uh, since he left Vegas. Um, Brendan Dillon was a decent move. They acquired him for two second round picks in the off season. So they, they tinkered with it a little bit uh, and it might be a little bit stronger than it was last year. They lost Tucker Pullman, by the way. So actually one in one out, um, but I'll go over as well. I wouldn't have them making the playoffs similarly to Nashville, but would you have them in the yeah, playoffs? I think so. I think Hellebuck just gets them in. He's great. I can't wait. I, he's going to be team goaltender. That's oh, get, that's I love gonna, it. I love it. Great for the U.S. Um, all right. Before we get into the Pacific Division, uh, I want to tell you about rockauto.com. 
Uh, save money and time when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store and $216 from Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. And when you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. If you listen to me over on Lockdown Flyers, you know I love talking about Built Bars. They are the perfect thing to put in my bag for a snack on the go or if I'm going on a hike. And if you're not familiar with Built Bars yet, they are a soft protein bar, but they taste just like candy bars. And I don't know how they do it. They have so many amazing flavors to choose from, no matter what your tastes are. Some of my personal favorites are the raspberry, the cherry barcia, salted caramel, cookies and cream and the German chocolate. And if you're like me and can't decide what your favorite flavor is, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each. But the best part is that they're healthy. Bill Bars are great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while you're having that delicious treat. They have 17 or 18 grams of protein, but only 130 to 180 calories per bar. They're low sugar, they're low carb, and if you're on the keto diet, these will fit right in. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Joe DiBiase and Rachel Donner here on the Locked On NHL podcast. We're doing some bet online over under point totals. Uh, and let's get into the Pacific Division. Let's start with last year's number one team, work our way from the bottom up here. The Vegas Golden Knights over under 106 and a half. We both had the under on Colorado, so not a lot of wiggle room here if we pick the over. You're kind of calling them, we're calling them the best team in the NHL, maybe if we say the over. Um, it's a more feasible number than Tampa, than uh, not Tampa, than um, than Colorado. I'm struggling with this one. They they did a good job. They did a good job. Uh, I know this. This just seems right for them. Uh, and Vegas is one of those teams that they very well could end up with the best record in the West. Yeah. And this seems like a, a good point total that i think the games between the abs and vegas are going to be must watches on your schedule just because those are going to be like the make or break points that make the difference here Mm -hmm. and so uh, i mean i'm gonna say under because i think colorado is gonna have that edge Mm -hmm. and colorado will be just under so i think i need to just push vegas slightly under this i'm I'm going to go over, but it's not because I think they're better than Colorado. It's because I think their strength of competition in the Pacific division is easier. And I think maybe you're going to, we're going to hear about this in a second here as I kind of read off the other team's point totals. Um, So I'm going to go under more so because of strength of competition. I, I would have Colorado above them, but I don't think the gap is big enough to put Vegas as an under here as well. Uh, but it is close again. It's a good line. So Vegas at one Oh six and a half. I have the under you have the over uh, let's go to the Los Angeles Kings. They are 85 and a half, 85 and a half for the LA Kings. I don't like this team at all. Um, I, I think they've got a lot of, they got a lot of baggage on their team. I think Dustin Brown 
even though he's kind of had a bit of a resurgence the past couple of years, is not worth the contract. Uh, I don't think Drew Dow- I think Drew Doughty might have the worst contract in hockey. He's taken a major step backwards the last two seasons. Uh, John the Quick did the same thing, but they did get lucky. They found another young, good young goalie in Cal Peterson, who's really taken over as their number one. All that being said, I'm going to go under on the uh, on the LA Kings. I just, Kopitar's great. I liked the Philip Deneau addition, but that's about all I like. So I'm going to go under. I agree with you there. I'd take the under as well. And just thinking about that potential magic playoff line at, you know, low mid nineties, I think this is too close to that for this team and that they're just not going to get there. I think that maybe the year after there's some potential there, especially as some of the kids come into their own, but yeah, I got to take the under for the Kings. I the low nineties. I wonder if this division's bad enough for a high eighties team to squeak in as like a three seed and kind of skip over the wild card. And this is where I think the, you know, this division is only going to get those top three teams. I mean, pretty right. much guaranteed. So I agree with that. Uh, let's, let's go, let's go to the second place team in terms of the point total here. And that's Edmonton. The Oilers are 97 and a half. Uh, I'd go under on this. McDavid's the best player in the world. Drysdale is incredible, but the defense to me, their fix was Duncan Keith, and <laughs> I just I couldn't I couldn't believe that they paid what they got to get Duncan Keith. And my my issue with them is like it'd be fine if you got Duncan Keith and you were throwing him in a kind of supplementary role, third pair, play him 17, 18 minutes a night. And you kind of protect his minutes a little bit. I think he can still be a useful player in that way, but because they gave up a second round pick and because the GM talked him up so much, I think they might be thinking this guy can give them 20 plus minutes a night and he could still, he can return to form play number one power play. I don't know. I think they're going to overuse Duncan Keith. And also I don't think Mike Smith, man, it'd be hard for him to repeat what he did last year. He was one of the best goalies in the league last year. And he hadn't been that for a long time before that. No, I don't trust my trust Mike Smith either. And Edmonton is the kind of team that knows how to get in its own way pretty much, I think, more than almost any other team in the league, even considering the potential that they have and those top tier players that they have. You're right. Defensively, they tend to struggle. And so I'm taking the under here. Okay, Uh, let's next go to the Vancouver Canucks, 90 and a half. Uh, I hate to just keep picking unders in this division, but again, don't really like the Canucks. I like a couple of their pieces, Patterson and Besser and JT Miller. Um, but the, the the defense to me is unstable. Quinn Hughes, kind of a surprisingly down year last year. And I did not like the Oliver Ekman Larson edition. Like, I think he's a good defenseman, but his, his analytical numbers have never been strong. I think he, the, this, the book on him has always been, he's been overused in Arizona and I think Vancouver might do the same thing. So I'm, and I just, Jim Benning can't sit still. Like if things are going wrong for three weeks, he's going to, he's going to make some trade to me. That's, that's not going to go well for them. So I'm going under in Vancouver. Yeah, I agree with you there. And you know, this is getting a little ahead of the game, but Calgary is at the same odds. Right. And you just look at those two teams up against each other. And if they have the same odds, I'm picking Calgary over in Vancouver under. Me too. Me too. I'm kind of surprised Calgary didn't blow things up this offseason, though. You know, like because they've kind of been round and round with the same core over and over here. I think they're good. 
they just they've never really done anything of significance. They've never won a playoff round as a group together uh, with Goudreau and Kachuk and, and Monahan and Lindholm. Um, but I agree with you. If it was Calgary versus Vancouver, I'd pick Calgary. And I, I'm let's let's just do them next. I'd have the over on Calgary. So would you also have the over on Calgary? Yeah, exactly. Because I think that Calgary is going to get that three slot yeah. in the division and be the the third and last team to make the playoffs. Yep. Sneaky good move for Calgary this year. Not going to affect their affect their point total too much, but Daniel Vladar is like a good young goalie prospect that they got from Boston. Um, I know the Sabres were trying to acquire him last season and maybe even make him their number one this year. He doesn't have to be Calgary's number one. They've got Jacob Markstrom, but kind of a underrated move that they made this offseason that I liked. Um, all right. Next up in the Pacific division, let's go up top here to Anaheim, 70 and a half. That is one of the lowest totals in the league, 70 and a half for the Anaheim Ducks. That is why, by the way, it's always been dumbfounding to me that they've been so aggressive in the Jack Eichel trade hunt, because what do you think you're going to do? Even with Jack Eichel, you think you're going to be a playoff team? Like you think that's going to vault you 25 points? I, I don't think there's a lot here in Anaheim. No, and, you know, nothing personal here, but Jack Eichel did not make Buffalo a playoff team. So what does Anaheim think that they're doing that that'll make a huge difference, right. at least now? Um, no, right. And, you know, they have a couple of, of young guys that are good. You know, of course, Trevor Zegras is their marquee young guy mm. that's up and coming, but there's just not enough else there. And I just, I, I got to take the under, even at that low a point. And I like Zegris, but they might be asking him to be their number one center this year. I mean, that's a tough ask for a 20-year-old kid in his first NHL, or his full, first NHL, full NHL season. Yeah. Um, they are also kind of on the verge of collapse, I feel like. Like, they, Ricard Raquel's got a year left on his contract, as does Hampus Lindholm. Cam Fowler is 30. Uh, obviously, Getzlav is over the hill at this point. Ke- Kevin Shattenkirk is in his is, in his thirties. Jacob Silverberg is thirty. Like a lot of their important players are either on expiring contracts or are into their young their their early thirties. So it's not like they have, even though they've got a couple nice young pieces. The team overall is not this this young up and coming group. Um, they might become that in the next couple of years, but you got you got to get younger. You got to almost start start a little mini rebuild. I think if you're Anaheim, um, I would be under on the 70 and a half. Did, did you, uh, give an over under on them? Yep. Uh, I said under under that's right. Um, all right. And then we've got two more. We've got the San Jose sharks and the Seattle Kraken. Let's do the sharks first. We'll save the expansion team for last. The sharks are 81 and a half, not on TNT this year. I'm okay with that. They've got a lot of the same old cast and crew. Um, first time in a long, really first time ever. The Sharks have kind of had a sustained couple of years here where they weren't really relevant. Um, but I don't think that changes this year. And listen, the Evander Kane stuff, there's more to it than the on ice uh, implications, of course. But just kind of to talk about what they are on the ice. He was almost a point of game player last year. And at, at, the, at the bare minimum, his future is uncertain for the Sharks if he ever plays for them again. So that's a minus for them on the ice. Um Kevin LeBanc is on their top line. Mario Ferrero is on their top, their top defense pair. And they did finally buy out Martin Jones. They got out of that, but they replaced him with Aiden yeah, Hill. Yeah, thanks. A- Aiden Hill and James Reimer is what they replaced him with. Just, uh... 
not impressed. I would no. go under on the Sharks. Under yeah, on the Sharks. Yeah. I would too. I think that, you know, they're definitely going to be in the bottom three teams in the division. And I, I just don't see, you know, where they're getting points from yeah. to even get to that level. Did you, did you like the Martin Jones signing in Philly? You made a noise there. No. No, I did not. <laughs> Just nope, did not. <laughs> That's fair. He's been pretty damn bad the last couple of years. Um, all right. And then finally, the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken are 90 and a half over under 90 and a half. That is some that's some expectations uh, for the Kraken. That's like a playoff race team. I'll let you go first on this one. I want to hear what you have to say first, actually. Well, it's interesting because it's the same odds as we were just talking about for the Canucks and the Flames, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And figuring that, you know, the Flames are going to be over that and the Canucks are going to be under. I think that the Kraken and the Canucks are probably at about the same level. I don't think the roster of the Kraken is as good as the Canucks. I just don't think that they were planning on having an outstanding team this year. I think they were building toward year two, year three, mm-hmm. and that the Vegas situation was a once in a lifetime thing. And that was never going to happen again. And they were taking a different strategy and building their roster. And you could see that by how many sort of bottom sixer or borderline NHL, AHL guys they picked in the expansion draft. I do like their goaltending tandem, though. And so I I feel like that the Flames will be better than Seattle, but Seattle definitely could be better than Vancouver. So I I think that I'm going to take the under here, but it's not because I'm underestimating what they could do. If I had one hot take on this show, I would be way under on the on the Seattle Kraken. Uh, I like their top half of their defense core with Mark Giordano and Adam Larson and Vince Dunn. I like their goalie tandem, tandem like you said, with Grubauer and Chris Dreger. But I just don't think they're going to be able to score goals. I think all the guys that have been productive throughout their careers that kind of make out that forward group, have been productive as supplementary scorers, as secondary scorers on their teams. Eberle was that for the Islanders. Yanni Gord was that for Tampa. Jaden Schwartz maybe would be like the one guy that actually played on his own team's top line before getting to Seattle. Yarncroc, same thing in Nashville. Uh, Donskoy in both Colorado and San Jose. So I question, I don't think they're going to be able to score. Um, and maybe they're going to play this defensive style, kind of shut it down and try to win that way. I think that's probably what their strategy is going to be, but I'm not, I I'm thinking just be Vegas happened and that was an anomaly. And I don't think you're going to get anything close to that with Seattle. I have them somewhere in the 80 to 85 point range. Um, so probably about five points, at least below where I would have their, their over under total. Uh, so that would be the, I think that'd be the line I most disagree with out of all of these. Yeah, I think this is overinflated. Which which line for you was that? If you could change one line, if you if I made you odds maker at Bet Online to change one line, which one would it be? Yeah, I, it would absolutely be the the Kraken. I would Kraken. probably lower them by like three points. Yep, that's a good one. All right, um, well, that's going to do it for us on today's show. You can check out or you can make any of those bets if you want over at betonline.ag. Um, 
and I'm sure we'll have some more fun bet, bet action at their website throughout the season. Uh, that's going to do it for us, though. Me and Mike DeStefano will do the over-unders for the Eastern Conference on Tuesday's edition of the show. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports, and Rachel is at our Miriam. And again, be sure to check us out on YouTube, where you can now find us as we're doing video in addition to uh, the audio podcast as well. This has been the Lockdown NHL Podcast. Thanks for listening. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.